Have you ever heard the sound of freedom? Welcome to another five-minute flip. What is up, Flip Eponymi? Welcome to your five-minute flip for September 1st, 2023. Uh, a few couple months ago, I did a five-minute flip. It was on June the 7th called Deconstruction and Three Things That Kept Me in My Faith. I'm not going to repeat all that here, uh, but go check that out if you want to get a little more context uh, on this. But, man, I've just been observing in the last few months, and I think, you know, when you're a pastor, people come to you more with questions about their faith and things like that. Uh, but I've just, I've been observing the last couple of months, there's been a number of people, seems like more than usual, that are coming to me that are deconstructing their faith and asking for advice. Uh, what is deconstruction? I mean, it can look like a lot of things. Again, I gave a lot of examples in that June the 7th uh, episode. You can go check it out. It's only a few minutes long. But, I mean, essentially, you just you don't believe what you used to believe anymore. And, and I think most of the time, or, or you're, you're, you're really wrestling. It's like the tectonic plates are shifting beneath your feet. And, you know, you have one foot going one direction and one going the other. And it's like, man. So I don't think we choose deconstruction. I think I used to think that when I kind of, when my life and faith was, um, how do I say this? I still don't really know how to talk about this publicly. But when I thought I had the answer to everything, when I thought the Bible had the answer to everything, if you were to come to me about your deconstruction, and I, I could just point to a Bible verse or tell you like the answer of to solve your problem. I think when I was in that space before my own sort of deconstructive journey, I looked at people that were deconstructing, if, if that's the right word to use. And I use that word broadly. I know it's a bit of a buzzword. I don't mean to be obnoxious with it, but it, do, it, is, it does um, kind of consolidate a lot of things into one. So if I looked at you know public kind of Christian personalities, that were deconstructing their faith or even shifting their view of the Bible or, or whatever it might be, I would judge them and think that, no, oh, now they think, now they're arrogant, they're choosing this, like they know, they know more than God or they know more than the Bible or, you know. Uh, and I, I just don't think that's how deconstruction works. Now that I've experienced a taste of it myself, I think, I think everybody's different on where they start and where they, where they end up for sure. Uh, but, uh, I, I just, my point is, I, when it starts to happen, I don't think you choose it. I think you get exposed to things. I think you can, you can get exposed to things in archaeology versus, you know, the Old Testament or something. Or you can get exposed to, just to, as you get older, you know, as you, as you get older from your childhood, uh, you know, when you're a kid and you're raised in the faith and in, in Christianity and in the church, some kids certainly have experienced trauma, uh, intense, and I know some of you have as listeners, as kids. But but even as a kid, you don't even really have a category for trauma. It's just normative because you're a kid, and, and that's just the only world you have. But I, I do think for for most, or at least I could say for me, I didn't experience a lot of clinical trauma you know, growing up. And so you just kind of can easily get this idea that the world is good and God answers all these prayers and, you know, bad things aren't really going to happen. And then as bad things start happening, both nationally and in, in the people's lives that you know and love and in your own life, man, that can really sh uh, shake your faith. It can really shake some of those foundations. Uh, so sometimes it can be that. 
again, we've talked about politics and Donald Trump and the evangelicalisms. Not all, you know, there's are broad strokes, but just kind of like that, um, the religion of whiteness stuff that I interviewed uh, Drs. Bracey and Emerson on. Oh, shout out. <clears throat> Excuse me. Shout out to episode 84 on the flip side. So there's some of that stuff. You know, you start to you start to run into that. You can deconstruct. But here, here's the advice I've been giving people that have come to me about the existence of God, the validity of Christianity. And, and even in my own life, I've, I've just really had to. I'm 40 years old. Um, I'm a professional pastor, you know, vocational pastor. I'm not going to get up there and preach something that I don't believe in. And it's 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 pretty um, awkward and uncomfortable, right, when you start to have things shaking. <laughs> uh, your feet start shaking, and, and you're like, do I trust this Bible, you know, that I'm preaching? And, you know, again, it's, we, we can – at some point soon, I want to have a professor type on the flip side to kind of talk through the Bible and what it is and – and those sorts of things. I, I, I do refer people to the Bible Project, if that's something you wrestle with. Uh, they have two, They have two. Um, what's it called? They call them series. One of them is called Ancient Cosmologies on their podcast, and one of them is the Paradigms series. The Paradigms series uh, is, is a good one to start with, if you can find that. I think it was middle of 2021. But anyway, for now, for this flip side, uh, for this five-minute flip, in the few minutes we have left, what I've... I have my reasons for staying in the faith, and I talked about that in in that last, the June 7th, five-minute flip. So I may have said some of this there. I don't really know, but I really, really meditated on this in life. I don't know if meditated is the right word. I've just observed. I've observed. And, And this is not scholarly. This is not a proof. This is just experiential, and I hope it makes you think. Um, Jesus's love is so unique. So it's so unique to anything in the world as far as being a source of self-sacrificial love. It's it's his love demonstrated in the Gospels, what he demonstrated with his life. Yes, on the cross, the idea of giving up one's life for, for humanity, the idea of God, Philippians 2 style, you know, God coming to earth, Jesus giving up, you know, the the glory of, of heaven and and being worshipped and coming to earth as a servant. This is a very to die on a cross, you know, to be persecuted. This is a very unique type of love. But what's often was I think overshadowed in my upbringing in the conservative evangelical church is, and it's it's it shouldn't it's it, we 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 need to stop we need to stop. Um, missing this in scripture because the first Christians, they were called the way. And there's a reference to that in the book of Acts. I think it is uh, where they're called the way. And as the reason they were called the way, they didn't have a name. They didn't have a name that they, they just lived differently. And the way they lived was following Jesus. They lived different than the Jews. The Jews had the Torah. The Jews had the Old Testament. But the first Christians had Jesus. And and Jesus had these very, very specific teachings. And they're right in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You can find them. And you'll see uh, there's a group today called the Red Letter Christians. And and, and this kind of movement, it's meant to say, hey, we've missed this. We've gotten away from this. We've created a gospel that's sort of an easy believism uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer calls it cheap grace. It's this idea that, you know, you just believe 
in this formula. You believe Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You're going to go to heaven. And even in the things we teach in church, we, we teach sort of like self-help Christianity. And I'm not saying we don't sometimes need that. I, I'm not, I'm not a, being cynical. I'm not being an extremist. I'm not, but, but when 99% of your sermons are self-help Christianity, that is a huge problem because the way, and, 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 and then let me, again, I, I, it's a, it's a five minute flip. I'm supposed to be short here. What I mean is it's good to have sermons on anxiety. It's good to have sermons on, on our, our identity in Christ and how our, our self-worth is in his love and, and, and all these sorts of things. Um, and, and so I'll just leave it there. Like, those are the sermons I need to hear, and I preach those, and I do. Um, but we, but when, when, all of, when all of our sermons are, are like self-help type of sermons, and, and there's many more different things, you know, that, that would be preached on along that path, we miss the core of Jesus' teaching. And it was the kingdom of God coming here. Matthew 6.10, the Lord's Prayer, pray that his kingdom comes here. The way things are done in heaven happen here. And it's consistent with the rest of his teaching, the way he treated the poor, the way he acted towards the poor, the way he said the first will be last, the last will be first, that we have to look at how are things done in heaven. There's no poverty in heaven. There's no racism in heaven. There's none of these social issues in heaven. The way, the way Jesus talked about money, the way he talked to the rich young ruler, his parable of the guy that built the barns, and he said, um, I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. And then the parable says, God tells him, tonight you're going to die because you weren't uh, rich towards God first. You know, we could get into the details of all that. Yes, it's kind of a both and there. But in a Christ, our, today's Christianity, the evangelicalism of today, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a both and. I think it's they've created this either or where they they look at people that are doing the kingdom work of Jesus and they've said, oh, that's a social gospel. You know, emphasis on the poor and, and on racial justice and things like that. And, and meanwhile, the church doesn't look any different than the rest of the culture when it comes to greed and materialism, because I guess we're just resting on our laurels of, hey, we're saved by grace. We prayed the prayer. But then we create churches and a whole religion around upholding that lifestyle for Christians. Like here, you can feel good about your materialistic, greedy lifestyle. Uh, and here's, here's a bunch of sermons that will make you feel good about that. Okay, my point to all this, and I'm going to wrap up here, back to deconstruction for those deconstructing their faith, is to get back to Jesus, to get back to the way of Jesus. And it is a sacrificial love that you don't see anywhere else in culture. I'm not saying there's not good people out there. There's good non-Christians out there. But by and large, the non-Christian lifestyle, and it's a lifestyle a lot of the kind of the you know, like the type of evangelicalism I've just talked about is bought into as well. But the non-Christian lifestyle is a selfish lifestyle. It is selfish, selfish, selfish. Everything is about you. It's about your comfort, your luxury, building bigger barns. And and that is such an empty lifestyle. Obviously, I've re- I wrote the book Beyond the Battle, uh, A Man's Guide to His, His Identity in Christ in an Over-Sexualized World. When it comes to sex, it is our view of sex is so selfish which and but then beyond that the, the way we view our money the way we view our jobs the way we view our leisure time everything is so selfish and and the reason the number one reason where i say i see god it, it is in the unique love of jesus as a source of self-sacrificial love that he shows to us but then he says this is the way to follow this you know the, follow the way of jesus that 
It's a, it's a self-sacrificing, giving up of oneself, picking up your cross and following Jesus. Save your life in order, uh, if, what did I say that wrong? Lose your life in order to find it. If you want, if you want to save your life, you're going to lose it. If, you're, if it's me, 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 I want to save, 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 you're going to lose it. You're going to miss it. But if you want to save your life, then lose your life. Lose it for Jesus and his way. And I've just found that to hold water. I found that to hold water, and I found it to be something that is better than the alternatives that are out there. And so that's where I'd encourage you to go. Again, it's not a silver bullet, uh, but, but look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Let Jesus stand on his own words um, and, and, and really try to build your faith around that. Because I think most Christians that are deconstructing, they don't want to lose their faith because they know there's something to it. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And so something for you to think about. Uh, I'll wrap up there uh, as we're approaching the 13-minute mark. Thanks for listening uh, to this five-minute flip, and I will see you next time on the flip side. Thanks for listening to this five-minute flip. Subscribe for more flips and long-form episodes of the flip side. Visit www.patreon.com slash to support and get sweet flip side swag.